and welcome back to the Across the Pod podcast. We're here for another week of all things NFL reviewing. And this week, we are rejoined by a guest who currently leads the leaderboard when it comes to our NFL weekly predictions. Got back with me, part of 49ers Faithful UK, Paul Hope. How are you, mate? Well, after last night's performance, Andy, I'm not too good, but <laughs> great to be back on with you. I always have good fun chatting. And I was blown away that I'm top of the leaderboard. I didn't think yeah. that would happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've not actually checked the results yet from our last one with Trev, but I've certainly not got a good start looking at it now. I've, I need to check that. But before before week seven, you're definitely top of the leaderboard. I'm third, which is quite good. We've got Jonathan Dix, who's also a 49ers fan, uh, number two, and then yourself with 12 correct scores and number one. So it's, um, yeah, it's a pretty good week. So look, I've got that in front of me, actually. So in that week, looking at your thing now, so you had, the only ones you had wrong with, you had the Dolphins beating the Bengals, the Browns beating the Falcons, the Lions beating the Seahawks, and the Bears beating the Giants, but everything else you got right. So you got the Niners beating the Rams, you got the Chiefs beating the Buccaneers, uh, you had the Packers beating the Patriots, the Cardinals beating the Panthers, the Bills beating the Ravens. Yeah, so you had, you had a good week. I mean, I had a, I had eight myself, but yeah, you had a, you had a pretty good week. To be fair, I could have got an extra point because I really should have took the Seahawks, but I can't bring myself to do it being uh, a <laughs> fan. So <laughs> yeah, it's funny because last week was the first week where I actually picked the Jets to win a game. I've not picked them all year, all every week we've done. You know, whether it was with George, with Dre, whether it was yourself, with Sam, I didn't want to pick the Jets, but this week I did pick the Jets, and obviously that came out to be right. And yeah, they're looking to be the real deal right now, which is something I never thought I'd be saying ever, really. So. um but the week did start with a Thursday night game as the Cardinals beat the Saints with a 42-34 to win. Andy Dalton threw two interceptions, two pick sixes within the space of a minute and four seconds in the second quarter, which ultimately killed the game. And then on Sunday, the Bengals beat the Falcons 35-17. Uh, to The Dallas Cowboys had Dak Prescott back and they did get a 24-6 to win over the Detroit Lions. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts once again lose to the Titans as the Titans won 19 points to 10. And then the first game we want to focus on, well, the first two really were involving two of the 6pm games involving the Green Bay, Washington game and the Tampa Bay and Carolina game. Now, Green Bay have now lost their third straight game um, to the, and this, this was to the Washington Commanders after two losses to the Giants, the Jets. Uh, they lost by 23 points to 21. Taylor Heineke led the way with 201 passing yards as the Packers once again seem to be missing Devontae Adams. Um Obviously, yourself, this is obviously before the 49ers game, so I imagine you were watching Red Zone or something like that. Um, obviously, the Packers now 3-4, and, and same with the Buccaneers, who did lose, you know, they lost 21-3. It was the first game to finish on the 6pm slate, which shows how bad it was. You know, Mike Evans had an easy catch in the first play, the first drive, I think it was, and he missed a certain touchdown. So, no, if you told me to start of the year, the Buccaneers and the, and the Packers would be 3-4 and four after seven games, no one would have ever said that. And, you know, especially when the three games they lose were Giants, Jets and the Commanders, which, you know, on paper, those were three very winnable games. I don't think when we did our Packers season preview, anyone said they'd lose those games. So, actually, I got to, I think Chris Milne on the Washington podcast did say they beat the Packers, but I think that was more to sort of wind up Ash. But, yeah, Rodgers and Brady are having not great seasons. And it's been a... I can't think of two quarterbacks having more unexpected struggles than these two. Um, what's your take been on the struggles that these two teams have had? See, for me, I, um, last night I, I was chuckling um, 
I don't know if you've seen my story on social media. So I joined the flag football team in January. I hadn't been able to participate much, but now I'm injury free. Yeah, yeah. And we had yeah. an event last night, Andy, at a local casino, and our head coach is a Packers fan. So all the bravado was in full swing. We had red zone on, like you said. So there was a Packers fan and mm. there was a Colts fan, and they were both raging at points of the game. Now, I honestly didn't think that Green Bay would lose to the Commanders. I'm a massive fan of Aaron Rodgers. When I first got into the sport in 2012, he was at the height of his powers. Mm. I have good friends who are Packers fans, but the Brady Buccaneers one. Obviously, CMC, everyone's yeah. new favourite at the 49ers. The Panthers with PJ Walker, the quarterback. Honestly, again, when I did my weekend predictions, I had Green Bay winning and I had the Buccaneers winning. And for me, I think there's more problems at the Buccaneers than there is at Green Bay. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a strange one. Green Bay have got no wide receivers, which is ironic given, obviously, Aaron Rodgers. And Brady is just seeing what it's like without an all-line. And he just, maybe his father time could be catching up. I mean, as a Dolphins fan, I'm sure you're quite smiling at some of his struggles. But yeah, watching Red Zone last night was definitely difficult. And the Packers fan I was with, um, our head coach, Drew, he was making no excuses and he was like, we're awful on defence, we're, we're awful on special teams. And he was like, the offence just isn't clicking. But like you said, to be sat here now, the, them two teams, three and four, it just goes to show why we all love the NFL. You know, you watch the English Premier League, you watch the Champions League and it's always the same names. But with the NFL, it's a bit of a cliche any given Sunday. But I was made up for the Panthers because obviously it looked as if they were in rebuild mode. They were giving, you know, they give away CMC. There's rumours have turned down two first-round picks for Brian Burns. But it just goes to show what you can do if you're motivated and well-coached. Yeah, I'm sure our previous guest, Keg, would be, would be very happy with that result. Um, in terms of that, you mentioned the Christian McCaffrey trade, of course. When we recorded the podcast with Trev on the Thursday last week, literally hours after that podcast was recorded, the news broke that obviously the 49ers have traded for McCaffrey. Um Quite a lot of draft picks to give up. What's your what was your take on on the overall trade for McCaffrey? Well, last week was quite a busy one for the 49 FA for UK. As, as we said off air, we had our watch party in Leeds, mm. had massive exposure. And I'd actually recorded a couple of in I'd done four shows on Thursday. So I allowed myself a lie in on Friday morning, Andy. And when I woke up, switched my phone on, there was just thousands of notifications, messages, tweets. Be honest, when I first saw the tweet, I double-checked it was a verified account because I thought, yeah. I'm not falling for this one. We still have nine picks in the draft next year. I don't think it's Super Bowl or bust for the 49ers, but I do think it is a missing piece. I think CMC is the most complete running back Cal Shanahan has had. It was great to see him mixed in last night. Obviously, the worry is we are the most injury-hit team in the league and we've traded for McCaffrey with his injury history, but the overall general consensus of the 49 FFL UK has been one of excitement. I know a couple of lads have hodded the jerseys. Mm. Um, obviously, seeing him in the red and gold yesterday with the Stanford connection is always quite good. But for me, his contract is quite team-friendly as well. When you look at the cap, I mean, this year we've got him for $690,000. Then I think it's $12 wow. million the year after, $12 million the year after that. For one of the premier running backs in the NFL... And for the fact that we didn't have any first-round picks, because you've got all our first-round picks for the next 10 years, as it seems, <laughs> um, I was quite happy with the deal. What did you make of it as, as a neutral? I personally love it because one thing you've seen with McCaffrey is also a Cal Shanahan system is that 
they'll use many running backs. And they obviously got Debo Samuel, who can do the roles well. So I think with McCaffrey at the Panthers, he was he's the main, he was the main guy on offense. He was their sort of go-to guy. Probably worked a bit too too many reps or with them. I think now you know you, you can you can mix in Debo Samuel, you can mix in. So there's not a need for McCaffrey like in the Panthers to play every down. So I think that will help him in terms of injuries so that when he does play, he can just be explosive. Because I think we saw, obviously, he didn't have many yards or as many yards as we normally see from him yesterday. But I think give him time. And he, I think he showed me signs yesterday that he can adapt to the system. I, I think that, you know, if that, I think that the rotation system they have in the front is absolutely perfect for Caffrey and his injury record. And I think I think it'll be a success. And I think that, you know, you can have all these draft picks and all that. I've said it before on the podcast. You can have all these draft picks, but I don't think you'll get anyone running back, especially these days, that will be as good as McCaffrey, as explosive on his day. So I think you've just got to go for it. I mean, you've got a pretty complete team. So I think, especially if you get Elijah Mitchell back, which I don't know whether he's back this year or next year, but if he's back this year as well, you've got him to mix in as well. Um, since the next season, especially, I think you've got, if you, if you can mix in, alternate between McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell and Debo Samuel in the running game, I think you guys are going to be a team to watch. And you think as well, McCaffrey, when you look at how the Carolina used him, he was pretty much every down back. Mm. He was also using the passing game and he tended to line up in the slot. And I think Kyle Shanahan likes his running backs to be able to be pass mm. catchers as well. Like you said, that takes away from the pressure from Debo. So the excitement is building. And let's face it, if the 49ers win the big one in the next year or next year after that, no one's going to look back and think you give up two thirds, two mm. fourths and a fifth. So, it is also bittersweet that we beat the Rams to him as well because yeah. it seemed the last 18 months, Andy, that whenever a Premier player came up, the Rams just seemed to get him. And obviously, being yeah. a divisional rival, you don't like to see it. But yesterday was a humbling experience. Obviously, the Chiefs are the Chiefs. I'm a massive fan of Patrick Mahomes and he showed. I mean, we had the number one defence going into yesterday and they put 30 points on us in the second half, 532 yards. It's the worst defensive performance under Kyle Shanahan. So when we do the 49 of Faithful UK pod tonight, it's going to not be for pretty viewing, I'm afraid. No, I can imagine. I mean, yeah, when I, obviously, when I, I was obviously at the Jags-Giants game, you know, trying to get back was a nightmare. So I got back. And when I got back, I want to say there was like, I literally got in just before, I think it was George Kittle, someone scored to make it like 20, I can't think what it was. It was um, I think when I got in, it was fairly close. And then out of nowhere, it just seemed to just, take off and just out of nowhere the Chiefs just ran away with it so from what I saw I probably saw more the Chiefs sort of playing well but when I was checking the scores on the way back I was seeing you were close you know I saw the George Kittle touchdown earlier in the game you know it was fairly close and then I came in you scored another touchdown and then out of nowhere the Chiefs just showed what they can do they did they, they basically killed us on two third down players when you go back and watch it so they had a third and 20 and they did a screen pass to Jet McKinnon now, I didn't think I could hate an NFL player as much as I used to hate Sherman at the Seahawks, but McKinnon ended his tenure in San Francisco on a sour note, so it was kind of anyone but him. And then there was a third and 15, where I think we rushed Chavarius Ward back. We went in zone defence, which I could never understand in third and long, and basically MVS just burnt Ward and Mahomes is Mahomes. I mean, I, I'm, you're not going to get me coming on a show, Andy, and say Mahomes is not a great quarterback. He is a great quarterback, and we just have PTSD now, 49ers fans, because he's done it to us in the Super Bowl. Yeah. He did it to us yesterday. So, but like I was saying to you before, it's like the Packers fans, I wouldn't be too distraught if I was a Packers fan. Yes, you're at three and four, but the beauty with the NFL, nobody's out of it yet. And obviously, you've got Aaron Rodgers. And if you've got Aaron Rodgers, you've got a chance in my eyes. But uh, 
I think, like I said earlier, the Buccaneers for me are the one that there's there's a lot of worry. I know they're missing a lot of pieces on the O line. Um, mm. And aside of Mike Evans, I just don't know who Brady's going to go to, basically. Yeah, it's really been a poor start from the Buccaneers. I mean, um, it's not even me because I do, well, that last two seasons I've done an accumulator on a certain betting website where you bet all eight division winners. And um, you get like you can get like up to like two or three thousand pounds if you get them all right. And this year I did like 10, 11 different combinations. Um, it's about over hundred quid on. And I did you know the one team I didn't bet on was the Vikings. And now I'm sort of regretting it because I did like combinations involving the Chargers, the Broncos, the Chiefs, you know the Forty ers the Rams. But I didn't do I, every bet I did involved the Packers winning it. So that's probably out the window now because the Packers they're two games behind the Vikings and they've got a game played more. So. That is worry, but on the other hand, I think in terms of playoff football, I think you can never win a Super Bowl in October. You know, I said it before last year when I was sort of hamming, banging a drum about the Chiefs being you know, in a bad run of form that they'd come good and they did. And I think that the Buccaneers, I think they'll find a way. I think if you got Brady, you can never count them out. I think the same thing with the Packers. I think that you know, yes, they're three and four, but there's still what's that, 10, 11 games left. So I think that you know. Panic. I think if they lose two more, either team, I think panic should then be a case. But I think for now, you know, it's still still fairly early on in the season, almost reaching the halfway point. So I think if they can get, you know... Do you hear that just then? Yeah, I wasn't sure. I was thinking it's not my, it's not my end, is it? <laughs> oh, I was... I'm on the um, ESPN NFL schedule looking at uh, to the minor self results and for some reason, I don't know what the hell that was, I just I just came across on my phone, on my laptop. That was um, not, normal, not my normal taste in music, just to put out there to our listeners. That's not something I listen to normally. But um, yeah, no, I think I'll have to change websites to that one. But um, yeah, it's just, I forgot what I was even saying now. That whole music thrown me off. But... You, were talk- you were talking about like um, teams not panicking. And again, as a 49ers fan, this time last year, Andy, you know, well, I said we went three and five. Everybody wanted everyone sacked. And suppose we put a run together and we sneaked into the playoffs and you were saying you don't win the Super Bowl in October. And you're right. In the NFL, it's all about getting to the playoffs, mm-hmm. getting everyone healthy, getting everyone clicking at the right time. But uh, yeah, I must admit, watching the game with a Packers fan yesterday, and he would be, mm. we were at training on the morning, so he was full of bravado, and he was pretty much like, "This is the one game we're going to bounce back." But I wanted to touch upon your opinion on the Giants because mm-hmm. I didn't think the Giants would be playing as well as they did. I actually had two friends at the Giants game yesterday as well. Oh wow! Okay, they're out in Florida on family holidays. There's a um, a Rams fan and another friend who just likes the NFL, and obviously they met up, hired a car, and went. So it's quite yeah. ironic that you were there as well, and they yeah. quite enjoyed the game. So they said it as neutrals. They were, they were pulling for the Jags because obviously there's that connection to the 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 UK. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, they enjoyed the game. Yeah, well, they weren't from Liverpool, were they? By any chance? No, we're, so we're from the northeast. So they ah. both live in Darlington. But I have seen, obviously, following the NFL UK on Twitter, there seems to be quite a lot of Brits in the states. More certainly off air. For our group, we've had someone at every game and obviously shown our flag, which has been pretty awesome. So it's great to see. I always love to see fans over in the States. And like I said, yeah. I've been loving all your tweets and pictures. Oh, it's been incredible. I mean, that game, that stage, I mean, I mentioned in our Chicago Bears vlog that Soldier Field was the stage I wanted to go to for so many years, but that stadium did underwhelm, I'd say. Soldier Field wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be, but the Jack stadium, I wasn't expecting anything. And then when I walk in and I hear Gangster's Paradise to the players walking out, it was just like, and I also 
boiling hot weather it was just like oh my god this is amazing and then the atmosphere was incredible I was around just all Giants fans um there was not really many Jags fans near me and even the end of the game you know when I was you know walking out the stadium they were all chanting six and one it was just a sea of just Giants jerseys and then when I I don't know whether you saw my Twitter that um, I got to see like Saquon Barkley signing autographs close up and Daniel Jones and it was all just Giants fans and it was just like it was like being in the York game it was really good atmosphere and I think that obviously you pay more money for it but there was a pool you, you could watch a game in like a like a VIP area yeah, so um, and yeah like that stadium was way better and obviously the game itself was um you know was was incredible I mean that the ending was just superb. Yeah. I mean, the Giants did win 23 to 17 and they now go six and one. Giants now two and five. Um, but it's yeah, it was just incredible finish of the game. And it was sort of like the Giants thought they'd won the game. They got, I think it was an interception, then they got pulled back, and then the Giants uh, Jags went down the field. It was just incredible. And it's um I think that stadium is definitely one that only paid forty dollars for ticket back in May. Didn't expect anything was gonna be that, you know, like it was, and obviously pass forward five months whatever it's been since then and it's just been that was an incredible experience that's one of the best atmospheres I've experienced of the game but it was too hot I mean I'm not a big fan of the heat so for me it was just like it was quite warm but um, yeah it was good yeah and that's what you said that you picked your game five months ago and you paid $40 for a ticket and nobody thought the Giants and the Jags was going to be a yeah. good game like you said that ending red zone kept flashing back to it mm. and like you said I mean the Giants obviously turned the Packers over in London and mm. again that second half, I mean, Barkley is looking fantastic. If you pick, I didn't pick him up in fantasy football. No, um, me. The league that I'm in with you, I'm doing all right. I, I've yeah. done too many fantasy leagues this year, but I didn't pick Barkley up in any because I was worried about his um, injury history. I was worried about the Giants. Yeah. Daniel Jones, my God, yeah. he's looked like an unbelievable quarterback. He's rushing the ball, yeah. you know, his, his ball delivery. And the Giants look well coached. So it just goes to show what you can do. Mm. Yeah, and I, I remember... You know, watching him, he made some great runs. And I think that's the beauty of the Giants that they can sort of now if they use the RPO sort of system, like the, the Jags at times they couldn't work out who was going to whether it'd be Daniel Jones running it or Saquon Barkley. Whenever he ran with it, the Jags were often just guessing it'd be Barkley. So I think it that system worked pretty well. And obviously they've had an, they've had an easy schedule, but their next games are the Seahawks, they got a bye week, and then the Texans and the Lions, or something like that. And that's they could easily be nine and one. And that, that's something that's that's guaranteed playoffs, you'd think, unless a massive collapse happens. But yeah, the Giants being six and one right now, no one expected that. And they could be nine and one. I mean, that's just an incredible um season from them, really. Do you not think it's quite ironic that the season the Giants are doing okay, the Jets are actually doing quite well? Because I do let's talk sport yeah. on a Thursday. My co-host, the Jets fan. Yeah. And he he wasn't expecting the start. Mm. And that's what I was saying. I keep going back last week. Um, Phoebe Schechter from Sky was saying, How can we grow the game? in the UK and, and, you know, why do UK fans get drawn to this sport? And you you say, well, any given Sunday, go and watch a game. It's always close. I mean, we could be sat here now saying the Jags came back on that last drive to beat the Giants. Mm. You know, as much as the Commanders played well on defence yesterday, Packers still had enough chances to win that game. Um, my friend who's a Colts fan, I don't quite... She just gave up. <laughs> She's not a fan of Matt Ryan and she just wasn't happy. But... Um, the Seahawks have been a surprise. I had them down as going to be the worst mm -hmm. team in the NFC West. I had no faith in Geno Smith. Mm -hmm. It just goes to show, Andy, what do we know as fans sometimes? Pete Carroll obviously knows more than me. Yeah, Hence yeah. why he's got the job he's got. They're sat top of NFC West. I mean, if they beat the Giants next week, that starts to open up a bit of a gap. Um, I mean, you could 
you could argue the Rams are technically the worst team in the NFC West at the moment, which yeah. is crazy when you think where we were five months ago. Yeah, the Seahawks, I mean, they got the win yesterday. They surprised everyone with a 37-23 win over the Chargers. Um, and the Jets, they got another win, 69 over the Broncos. Um, the Raiders got a 38-20 win over the Texans. Uh, we mentioned the Chiefs 44-23 win over the 49ers. Um, and yeah, that's been a... Obviously, going back to the Fantasy League, um, looking at this week's action, who are you playing this week? So you are playing... Oh, you're playing, actually... Let's go into now. We did a Dolphin Steelers preview, review even, with Freddie Harper Davis. Let's go into that chat right now. So we are here for our weekly Dolphins game review. And for this part of the podcast, we'd like to bring a fan on of the team Dolphins play, which this week was the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I have with me a returning guest. I have maybe Freddie Harper Davis. How are you? Hi, Andy. Yeah, I, I'm well, I'm not too bad. A little sleepy as obviously uh, we played... Uh, we played prime time last night and um, when we're recording this and um, yes, it's the evening after the night before, as they say. And, uh, <laughs> it, it, the prime time games are worth it when you win, when you, when you lose less, less so. And it does, it does make the following day uh, drag a bit. That's for sure. Yeah. I can imagine that's the only issue with being a UK NFL fan is that the games are on, on today. And if I was lucky that I had no work, I was in university. So I got to watch the Monday games, you know, next morning not known result but beforehand staying up was definitely more of a slog um but this game off was a 16 to 10 win to the Steelers it ended the first the second the first half ended the second quarter ended as 16 10 there were no points scored in the entire third or fourth quarter as the Dolphins squeezed to victory back to win away after a three-game losing streak with the Steelers after winning last week against Buccaneers Back losing ways, which means the Dolphins are four and three, and the Steelers are now two and five. Um, touchdowns wise in this game, uh, Raheem Mostert got the first one for the Dolphins. The only touchdown we got, and the only touchdown for the Steelers came from George Pickens, who gave Iguanogamy a horrible game all day until right at the end, where Iguanogamy got the game-winning interception to seal the game. Um, as a Steelers fan, Freddie, what was your take on how that game transpired? That is like watching any Steelers game that you've seen from the last two or three years. It is the same thing where the offense does practically nothing for 90% of the game, but is solely reliant on the defense, keeping them within the game. If the defense can manage it, it ends up being that sort of slog that we saw last night. Um, and if they can't, it ends up in a blowout like we saw in Buffalo two weeks ago. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a tough watch. Um, the first half was actually quite entertaining because um, obviously the Dolphins started very, very strong. The Steelers couldn't cope with um, Chua and Hill and Waddle basically in the middle of the field. Um, big chunk play, play after play after play, and we just couldn't cope with it. Um, made a couple of adjustments sort of towards the end of the first quarter, which completely and utterly neutralised the Dolphins, and they offered very, very little after that offensively. Chua, how on earth he wasn't picked off at least two or three times in this game. He threw four passes straight to Steelers DBs, none of which were picked off. Um, they were they were as good at catching as Mike Evans was uh, <laughs> yesterday, um, which uh, was impressive. But um, that was the only downside on the defence because once the adjustments were made, they completely and utterly neutralised any sort of threat that the Dolphins had. Unfortunately... 
the Dolphins had long neutralised any threat that the Steelers had offensively. Um, there wasn't much of a run game, although it, there was more of a run game in this ma- in this matchup than there has been in uh, previous weeks. Um, Kenny Pickett was he actually played all right. Um, he had a 67% pass completion, but he made two very poor errors late in the fourth quarter. Um, two poor interceptions, as you say. The last interception, um, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name because I will butcher <laughs> it, but um, it was a poor, very poor throw. Um, I think he was aiming for Deontay Johnson at the back of the end zone and uh, just did not have enough juice on it whatsoever. Um, when there was a perfect... You, there was 18 seconds, I think, left on the clock. There's a chance to run out of bounds and have another down and go again. But he's a rookie. He'll learn. Um, this year, is is um, it's all about giving experience to Pickett, um, trying to learn our ways with this offense. I, I, I can't imagine Matt Canada's going to be around beyond this year. Um, I'm a bit disappointed he's around beyond this week, to be honest. But um, we've, we've got 10 more games to go. Um, it gets easier, thankfully. After this coming week against Philadelphia, which um, if we get anything out of that game, that I'll be uh, astounded. But um, it, it, it's 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 tough watching. It really, really is tough watching the Steelers at the moment um, with very little offense. Um, it, it makes just big slogs, and when you play prime time, it just makes it worse. Yeah, I mean, you are about the two a thing. I mean, I thought he looked rusty at times in this game. I think. There's been games before, especially in this when he first sort of completed where he had a lot of these almost interceptions that should have been picked off and they weren't. He, and once again, he was fortunate that he really should have been, you know, one touchdown, four interceptions, and that would have won the Steelers a game, you'd think. Um, and yeah, I, I was surprised after all that went on that he was going into those collisions that he was doing. You know, there was a time there was one hit he had where it looked like it was almost helmet to helmet and you know I was very surprised he did that and there was a times where he he scrambled and tried to get the first down so I was surprised by that but you got to admire his sort of his spirit there because some callbacks wouldn't do that uh, especially after what happened to him but he seems to be a fighter and seems to be you know back to what he's like before but it, it wasn't a perfect performance and really I think against a better team we would have lost that game so but it's good to get back to winning ways. Um, and for the Steelers-wise, um, you know, you've got the next game involves, you mentioned the Eagles, then you've got the Saints, the Bengals, the Colts, the Falcons, the Ravens, the Panthers, Raiders, Ravens again, and then the Browns at the end. So it's not an easy schedule. I mean, that is quite a tough one, I must admit. Um, but in terms of, see, George Pickens gave Igmanogamy for most of the game a terrible game. So how happy are you about a head sort of start to life in the NFL? Yeah, I I really like George Pickens. The problem is he's just not targeted enough. Um, yeah. He scored the touchdown early on in the game, then was completely ignored for about <laughs> another half of it until we saw him again, I think, in the fourth quarter uh, briefly. But, um, yeah, he, he needs to be more involved. Um, we need to be taking more deep shots. I mean, Miami, we were on their, what, third and fourth string corners. So mm. um, we weren't attacking that at all. Um, we certainly weren't attacking the middle of the field, but that is that's just a trait of our offensive game plan. There is never ever any sort of attack of that that middle of the field. Um, there was that big play to, on that final drive with a minute left to Pat Frymouth on fourth down. First time we really attacked the centre, and that was when Kenny looked the most the most settled. Um, 
yeah, I, I could I could go on for hours and hours and hours about our offense. Um, there are so many issues with it, um, but it's so frustrating because there's so much talent on the offense as well. It's the, and the offensive line's not even playing that badly. The uh, the pass blocking was fine. Um, the run blocking needs some improvement, um, and dumb penalties again cost us dearly in in key situations. Um, but yeah, as I say, it's growing pains. Um, we'll learn with our rookie quarterback, but it, it's one of those where you know the team is capable. It can do good things, but you're just watching this, well, frankly, rubbish um, offensive performance week after week after week. I, lo- I love George Pickens. Um, he's a great pick. Um, hopefully we get to see more of him in the uh, the weeks to come. But uh yeah, I'm glad you picked up on Pickens because it's one bright spark of a pretty miserable season so far. Yeah, I mean, some of the catches he's making is spectacular. I mean, looking at the rushing yards, he only had, looking at his receiving yards right now, he had 61 yards from only six targets, um, whereas people like Tyreek Hill had 13 targets. You know, Frymouth had more targets than George Pickens. So you're right about the whole not being targeted thing. I mean, Jalen Waddle led the way with 88 yards from just five targets from four receptions. Um, as well, i got to say as well, he's had six targets and six receptions. So when you do target him, he's pretty reliable um, there. But one thing I want to get your thoughts on from a Dolphins point of view was Mike McDaniel, because there was a point in the game where we went for it on fourth down and we were well in field goal range. I'll take it to be 19-10. Um, yeah. And also there was another point where we went from fourth down, but went for a run play with a player with Chase Benton that hasn't done anything in the last few weeks. Um, so there was questionable time management as well, questionable play clock management from him. Um, would you put that down to maybe inexperienced head coach, or do you think there's a, uh, a concern there for Dolphins fans? I think it's a bit like with Pickett, a quarterback for the Steelers. There, there will be mistakes. He's a rookie head coach. Um, there was a lot of good. I mean, that first quarter... Tua was absolutely ripping the Steelers' defence apart. So the game plan going into the game clearly was effective. Um, but they couldn't adjust. That was that was one concern I would have, is that once the Steelers adjusted to this, um, to, well, Tua basically throwing down the middle of the field and one of Hill or Waller would make the big chunk play. Um, once that was taken out of the game, there wasn't really a backup plan. Um, you're right about um, the play with... Uh, with Chase Edmonds, I thought that was a, a a poor decision, to put it mildly. Um, and to go for it there when you're up you're up six mm. um in a tight game like that, where it was low scoring, points on the board needed. Um, I mean it didn't matter in the end, but what might have been, you could well have been looking at a one-point defeat off the back of that. But um yeah, McDaniels will learn. Um, or McDaniel will learn. Um, I think that uh, the Dolphins have got a very bright future there um, because they've got two, I think, clearly has just come back from a pretty nasty concussion. Um, He's a little rusty, but he will be better than what we saw last night, which was just not not the two that I've seen so far this season. Um, But yeah, I think honestly that there are some bright things that you can take away. You've definitely looked a lot better on offense than I've seen in the the three weeks previously mm. in that first half. Um, the second half was a bit more like watching uh, Teddy Bridgewater and um, 
and Skylar Thompson. But um, that 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 is what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, I think the Dolphins can feel a bit more confident going into the the remainder of the season. Are they going to be the in the Super Bowl? Probably not. But are they a playoff team? I don't see why they can't be. There's, there is definitely some bright sparks there. But um, two things: one, they need to brush up on the on the play calling and the decision making because in tighter games against better sides, that is going to cost you down the stretch. Mm. And also, secondly, um, being able to cope with the adjustments that other teams make. I mean, mm. the Steelers' defense is one of the better units in the league, so uh, it's a good test. Um, Clearly, both pass rushes were pretty non-existent as well, which is one thing I will add. Um, the Steelers are desperately, desperately crying for TJ Watt to come back. Um, I don't think he'll be back this week, but we've got a bye after the Eagles game, so I suspect he'll be back for the for the running. Which, um, as you've mentioned, I I honestly don't think it's too bad. We've got is it Saints, Panthers, and Falcons, um, the Raiders, um, the Colts who are all beatable and then the rest of the, and then the other games against AFC North opponents. So uh, I, d- I don't think the remainder of the schedule is terrible. Um, it's probably going to end up being one of those cases where we're all desperate for finally getting a top five, top six pick and we'll end up winning a, a, a chunk of these and end up with about pick 12 or 13. So yeah. uh, that's the Steelers way. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Well, looking at our next games as well, we've got the Lions and the Bears, which you would think on paper that's two wins, but you never know. We've got a bye week and we've got the Browns, which I think that, that'll be a tough game, um, especially with their sort of... Their, I don't know whether... The, I don't think the short water's back by that point, but um, with their run game, Nick, the way Nick Chubb's playing, that's a worry for me. Texans, then we've got the 49ers and the Chargers and the Bills and the Packers. That's a tough stretch. And then we've got the Jets, who on paper looked an easy game before the season started, but they... You know, they look pretty good. So I think our schedule is mixed, I think. But um, I'm just hoping that, you know, that's why I was cheering on the Giants against the Jags because I want any AFC... I know the Jags were never in contention, but I think any chance an AFC team can lose, all the better for me. So um, I think hopefully now with Brees Hall's injury, that might mean the Jets may lose a few games because he was a big part of that success they had recently. So yeah, I think but I think there's positivity for me there. I don't... Think or as you said, I don't think I'll win the Super Bowl, but I think I think we, with the you know with the AFC West not as competitive as we thought. Only really the Chiefs and the Chargers are anywhere near contention. The AFC South probably been the worst division in the league. With the no 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 the the NFC South is definitely worse. Well, yeah, that, that is shocking. It's uh, a good point. And then North you got the Bills and the Jets involved, and the AFC North is pretty well open with the Bengals and the Ravens. So I think. I think we can do it, but I think we need to um, play way better, way better than we did um, last night. I think I think you've, you're going to definitely have one of the Bengals, Bengals or Ravens will win the division, yeah. and the other one will be, I suspect, the top wild card team. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, um, you might see the Chargers, but then they were absolutely awful yesterday against Seattle. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, I don't know what team is going to turn up, and if. JC Jackson's out for the year. That's a big blow for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. AFC South. I, I'm not really convinced by any of the teams. The Titans <laughs> are the Titans are winning games. Um, they're yeah. probably the the one competent team, so they'll win that division. Yeah. Will any of them be a 
be a wild card team after that? I don't think so. Um, and then it's your division, really. I mean, yeah. well, we're 0 and 4 against AFC East teams. We've lost to the, the lot. The Patriots, you can never write them off. Mm-hmm. Um, you're right about the Jets, though. I, I, Zach Wilson's not great. Um, mm-hmm. He really hasn't played very well. And yet the Jets keep winning games because of their mm-hmm. running back, um, who's now not there. Um, and their fantastic defense, which they're going to have to rely on down the stretch. Um, but as we've seen with teams like the Steelers, you can win with an elite defense and just trying to chug along with your offense. So, yeah, somebody from that AFC East will be a World Cup team as well. Yeah, it's exciting times. But let's head back. Well, first of all, thank you, Fede, for coming on. No problem. And we'll get back to the rest of the podcast with Paul. <laughs> what so me playing against Freddie in, yeah. in fantasy football? I mean, like I said, I've when I was laid up with my Achilles injury, I entered too many teams, too many drafts. But your league's one the one where I've got a decent record in, so I am trying to pick players up in the waiver wire. And you can tell you're playing in a league with other people who watch the NFL because our waiver wire is quite tight. Yeah, and obviously, you look at setting your lineups and it's quite competitive. Freddie, a good friend. I've done Shank Club with Freddie. I haven't seen him for a few months. I know he was at the Bristol Rovers game on Saturday, so he didn't jump on Shank Club. But, uh, yeah, the league chat has been a little bit quieter than I expected. But I suppose with you being over in the States, I can appreciate that. But I do love the fantasy football element. And I think that brings a lot of people into the UK, mixing with your red zone and you're setting your lineup. So... Mm. And Freddie, God bless him. I'm sure he'll be... He was up watching the Steelers at whatever time they were on. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think he said he's beat you. He got one game left. He's got a 100% chance of beating you. That means he'll be 5-2. and two, You'll be 3-4. and four. Um, I should be winning my game against... Who am I against? I'm against, oh, Seb Talk Sport this week. I should be beating him. Um, See, so yeah, at the moment, I haven't checked what the results are, but before the week, before this Sunday started... um. I think at the moment you are, oh, you're 13th out of 18. Um, I felt it was closer, but what I mean with the fantasy, so it's just about getting in the playoffs. I've been in leagues before yeah. when I've won the whole league and then you go to the playoffs and you get beaten in the first round. So I do like that our league is competitive and people are picking. There's just some other leagues where you can tell people giving up because the waiver wire, you can, you're picking yeah. up people. Um, and obviously the injuries, we know the NFL is a contact sport. We know. Injuries are 100% guaranteed. So you've burst my bubble a little bit there. I thought I was actually doing better than what I was. But uh, <laughs> maybe he's not. Maybe when I last checked, I was doing all right. Yeah. It's amazing, actually. We've got a couple of lads. Uh, my best friend from university, James, is in the chat. He has next to no knowledge about the NFL, but he likes doing fantasy. And is one of his colleagues, Alex, um, who go four and three now. But before he was third in the league, which shows, I think, this week, even this week, he had players. He had players on bye weeks and all that. And yeah, it's just incredible that, you know, it's just luck in there, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's all about luck. And I think with that one, you know, I've had, I got a team, I'm in one league where I'm one and six, and my team is pretty good. So my team I've got here, it's, um, or Tom Brady, Derek Henry, I've got Mike Evans, Cal Pitts, Aaron Jones. Uh, we've got defensive players. We've got like, you know, like Derwin James, Buda Baker, yeah. Matt Stafford and Darius Smith on a bye week, Hassan Reddick, the same thing. So, it's just amazing. You can have a great team, but if you're up against someone who has, it's just you can have a great team. But that's the beauty of whereas in FPL, you know, fans Premier League, everyone has the same five six players in each yeah. week. But with this, no one's got the same two players. Each week you're playing against different players, and I think that's why it is the best fantasy um sport to do. 
I mean, if you're going to look at a soundbite for me versus Freddie, I've just pulled my team up there. He had PJ Walker as his starting quarterback and I had Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah, God, PJ wow. Walker outscored Lamar Jackson by five points. And I was wow. chuckling because I picked McCaffrey up, obviously, when we drafted. And now he's yeah. gone over the 49ers. But that's what you got to love about fantasy football. I mean, I don't dedicate as much time to it as some of my friends. Um, I, I focus purely on the 49ers, but I do like to run teams in the league. And like you said, I think the other game we missed out on yesterday was the Bengals-Falcons. And I think it looked good for me yesterday to see Jamar Chase looked back to his best. The bits I saw on Red Zone anyway, they seemed to flash and Jamar Chase would seem to be pulling some unreal catches out of it. But I think they won 35-17. to 17, Yeah. Which, the Falcons are not a bad team. Obviously, they turned us over last week. I think, again, it shows in the NFL that even the teams that are seen to be at the bottom can be good. You just have to obviously take your opportunities. Yeah, and I think, you know, we got one game tonight, which is the most boring game on paper, Bears, <laughs> uh, Bears Patriots. But I think this season especially has been such a great league for, for parity. I think, you know, it's just these teams out winning games. I mean, if you told me the Falcons, the Seahawks would, would be four and three, the Falcons would be three and four, three and three, whatever they are. You know, you have the Jets and the Giants on five and two and six and one, Packers and Buccaneers on three and four. I mean, Dolphins were three and zero before the two injury, and I think we would be maybe five one if he wasn't for the injury. So I think this league's just been incredible this year. I think this has been one of the most wide open. I think still think the Bills are number one and stuff like that. But I think since the other side of things, the other teams, I think it's just really wide open. And even the Chiefs, you know, they lost Tyree Kill, you know, and that seems to have won for both parties. Whereas Vontae Adams seems to have worked for neither party. It's been a crazy season, I must admit. Yeah, I think the AFC is stronger than the NFC this mm. season, if I'm being honest. And like you said there, the Chiefs-Bills game last week as a neutral was amazing. Um, I do think the winner of that will be in the Super Bowl. And then I think as it stands at the moment, they all will probably win looking on paper. But the great thing is the Super Bowl isn't won on paper. And like you said, it's not won in October. And um, Tyreek Hill, he was a fantastic player. And when he went to the Dolphins, I wondered if there would be a drop-off. But for me, he's looked... Amazing still. But again, the Chiefs, defensive coordinators are thinking, right, Patrick Mahomes doesn't have Tyreek Hill anymore. So we'll we'll mix up between man and zone. We tried the blitz last night and he's just picking us off. He was picking Kelsey for phone, you know, uh, Scantler and MVS. And I mean, Jet McKinnon, he was awful at the 49ers, yet there he was picking up, like I said to before, third and 20 screen pass yeah. and he takes it through. So, and Patrick Mahomes is looking good. You can't, you can't take nothing. He's the best for me at the moment. I think there's him and Josh Allen. And yeah. then there's just the rest underneath. Yeah, I think for me, that is going to be the new Brady and Manning. I think, you know, these teams are going to build streets every year, going to be fighting to win AFC Championship games. I think I, I think the Bears is also strong. And even the, the Chiefs, I think, you know, we lost Tyreek Hill, but I think what we're seeing so great, we actually predicted this on the Chiefs season preview podcast with Marley, where basically I, I said that, you know, whereas last season we saw it much more than the rest, where if you stop Kelsey, stop Hill, you stop the Chiefs. But I think now, whilst Kelsey's still the number one target, the rest, like Mar- Marquez, Valdez, Scantling, you've got Juju, you've got McCall Hardman, like, he's just picking between each player. There's no, no one knows who's going to pick up the ball whereas before it was predictable in the way last year it was always Kelsey or Hill. But I think now, apart from Kelsey, it's pretty much a free reign who's going to get the ball. And I think we've seen Juju get some good games. MVS had some good games. I think we're seeing a much more balanced, I think, offence as well as a good offensive line, which I know they have problems with against the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. I think they've addressed that. That offense, probably me, I reckon is the best line in the whole league. And I think it's just generally been 
a more balanced off. I think he looked much better without Tyreek Hill. Andy Reid showed yesterday's class as a player, Colin. The Chiefs scored three touchdowns, if you haven't seen the game, Andy, on basically jet sweeps, which is what the 49ers used to do to the Rams. And Hardman run three in. He ran two in in the first half. And you think, oh, you're going to adjust. And we didn't adjust. So there's a knock on Ryan's at the moment. Obviously, we've been very bullish as 49er fans. We've got the best defence in the league. It could be the greatest of all time. So it was very humbling yesterday. But MVS, Juju... He was spreading the ball around and it, it was kind of humbling to see. But mm. uh, taking off in a way, I still like the Bills. I've got a soft spot for Josh Allen. I, I remember him coming into the league. I remember him having the struggles. And like you said, I did want to ask before we finished off, what did you make of Tua when he went on that run and he put his bloody head down? I was, slide, slide, what are you doing? Mm. It was just heart in the mouth, wasn't it, after what happened the other week? Yeah, I mean, we we just mentioned it when me and Faye talked about it, but um, but yeah, I think I was watching that game in my Airbnb last night. Villa could have the the host has the coverage on this on his TV, and yeah, I was watching that and like it just it's it's your heart. I mean, I was there the game where he got injured. Your heart's in your mouth when you're there. It's just like when you when you're watching on TV because he himself will know. And he talked before the game about how you know he wants to be safe. He wants to be a he can change his game because of that reason and. He's a warrior. I can't fight. He's a fighter, and I do love that about him. I've really changed my stance on him from last year, where last year I was a very active um, to a sort of hater on on podcasts. But I think he's proved me wrong. He, that first drive, especially, he looked really good. And I think that what he's showing now uh, with that head, with that sort of tackle he had in the game, where he almost head to head, I think it shows that he wants to win and he wants to do all he can for the team. So yeah, very happy with what I've seen. Um, I think it's a bit rusty yesterday. If you miss misplaced pass that should have been picked off. But I think overall, um, I think just getting the win, get out there with a win is perfectly fine. Yeah, I agree. But that has been the end of our week seven review. Um, thank you, Paul and Freddy, for coming on, first of all. You're welcome. It's like I said, um I know when you reached out the first time we had we had so much fun. And my girls hold you responsible for me going to TikTok because you made that lovely clip of me with the Lance <laughs> thing. So whenever I can jump on with you, Andy, obviously, oh. I do appreciate the uh, platform. And it's always great to talk football with another fan. Definitely. And always a pleasure having you on as well. I look forward to having you on later on in the season. Yeah, I'll look forward to it. And maybe I can keep my record up and keep top of the uh, leaderboard. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we've got some good guests coming up. But um, yeah, hopefully you'll, you'll stick to your, your crown. Yeah, I'm going to try and work out some sort of prize at the end of it. I've not worked out what the prize is going to be yet, but I'll try and work out some sort of prize for the winner. Well, you might be back in the UK by then. I, I, I will be, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm back in, yeah. I come back December 12th. My last day is literally watching Dolphins Chargers so far. So, a nice way to end my trip. I'll be back for the playoffs, you know. I, I leave for Thailand two days after Super Bowl. So, you know, I've got a Super Bowl and then I've got a time to just unwind. So I'm looking forward to doing that as well. But um, but yeah, that has been the Across the Pod podcast. I've been Andy. This has been Paul. This has been Freddie. And we will see you guys next time.